Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about laying hold. We're going to be taking a look at a couple of passages of Scripture coming from Philippians and 1 Timothy, telling us to lay hold of. One version says eternal life, this Zoe life that God has given us. Another version says, take hold of that which Jesus Christ has laid hold of us for. So we're going to be asking for God's help today to lay hold of these amazing gifts that God has given us. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And the business started out great, but then I got into some tough times. Got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife around the neighborhood and just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 seemed to jump off the page of me. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that man, that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? Well, the Proverbs tell us that wisdom, understanding, knowledge, those are the key things. Those are the principal things. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. My relationship with him began to grow. And he taught me this whole new way to live, this completely different way to operate my life. Well, we make him the source. We make him the center of everything. We do life together with him, learning how to rest and how to trust in him to allow him to do the work through us, to take that pressure off of us. Now, learning how to do things a new way, it wasn't always easy. Because I had to unlearn some old ways, let go of some old things, learn how to walk out this new way of living together with God. And I just began to document the things that I was learning, the things that he was taking me through. And it turned into this series of books and courses that we have now called The Abundant Life Blueprint. But I do believe out of everything we do in The Abundant Life Blueprint, the most important lesson I would want to pass on is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our life, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. There is something so powerful about remembering him and not forgetting, especially when we got issues and problems and troubles of life coming at us. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. It's proving the death that activates and sets in motion all of the benefits. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through for us. And I think it's also important to remember what his sacrifice means for us personally how he gives us this personal relationship with God, this personal covenant with him. So the process we use, we start with a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. 
coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're going over usually some physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and our church and governmental leaders. And I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and to make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is a time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun and some energy into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages along the way. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's steps and stages. There's a process we go through. And very simply, I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And that, But that plan is probably going to look impossible for our lives. We have to be willing to move forward with his plan, be willing to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living. When we make him the center, we make him the source, we learn how to do things his way. We learn how to rest and trust in him as we allow his beautiful plan to unfold in his perfect timing. So how are we going to do all that? I think it goes back to these four fundamentals. Our first one, 
Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. This is like the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. There's no in-between. And I think it starts with humility. Humbling ourselves in relationship to God. Humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. It's humbling ourselves that makes us open to change and repent and grow. Make corrections. It's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to receive this forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in forgiveness with other people. And we're going to take our position in love today. To walk in the light is to walk in love. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver turns and he runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we step into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has, and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that we get access to all those good things today. His spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom, purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources, fellowship with God, fellowship with people. These all come from walking in the light. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts. Where we become more fixed and consistent in this. And to magnify the light. Imagine uh, two baskets on a balancing scale, balancing back and forth. On one side, we've got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God. Which basket are we going to fill up with our focus, our attention, our words, our meditation? Which basket are we going to fill up to magnify the light? We can magnify God's word. We can magnify his unfailing love, his faithfulness, his mighty works, that nothing's impossible for him. We can magnify who he is and all that he's done for us in Christ. Look back at all the things that he's done in our lives, because what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. There's another basket there. It's simply choosing to put our focus on that other basket, to divert our attention, to redirect our focus back onto that other basket, especially when those issues and problems come our way. But it does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, Filling up that other basket through venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away in our mind, trying to figure out all those problems. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. We might find ourselves retaliating at people or snapping at people. We might withhold good things that we know to do because someone did something we didn't like. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment or isolate ourselves, or we might think God is doing these things to us because we missed it. On the inside, you'll feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. 
You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, reliving bad things from the past. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completion in him. And when we rest, God goes to work. We have fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And now all those good things begin to flow. And he's doing the work. So everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And the peace and the joy and the love and the power, all those good things begin to flow. And now all of a sudden, we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever miss it, we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to get right back in position again. How do we do it? I think it starts with getting more aware, getting more present, getting more aware of the symptoms we're experiencing, recognizing it, and then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it right now. I'm off track. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. And then we walk in forgiveness with other people. If we need to reconcile with somebody, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it, see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental. We got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us throughout the day. But we need to stay tuned into him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And I like to start at the very top of the journal with what I call some filters. These filters are just short phrases, little statements that I use to help me stay in rhythm with God. And I keep rewriting these things over and over, just little reminders. So I like to start at the very top. I like to get in rhythm with him. Being in rhythm with him is one of the best ways to stay tuned in. I like to start at the very top with the big picture vision. Where do I feel like God is leading me in my life? For me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world. Making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down to the yearly level. What do I feel like is the, the vision or the direction or the word that God gave me for this year? For example, for me personally, this year, 2022, the year of the beautiful land. And then I want to bring it down to this month. For example, we're in July of 2022. Our message for July in the Abundant Life Blueprint this month was confidence through praise. So every day this month, I'm writing that at the top of my journal, confidence through praise. Through praising God consistently, we grow more confident in our faith. And then I want to bring it down to the weekly level, which is where we bring up our weekly, yearly cycle updates. As we go throughout the cycle of a year, the circle of a year, different seasons of the year, different times of the year, give us different reminders of who God is and all that he's done for us in Christ. This time of year, this week I'm writing, as we're getting ready to start August here, I'm writing, look for opportunities to be a blessing. Look for opportunities to be a blessing. Just keep reminding myself of that every day this week. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. 
And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then we're going to stay connected to him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes. Slow down, get aware of his presence with you. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up or connected back to him again. And then the final thing I like to do in my journal, I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. I started with the big picture vision through this year, through this month, through this week, and I want to bring it all the way down into today. And that's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And that's where I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God, toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. And so I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning and we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak, let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning, let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan and full confidence in him that he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at these scriptures today. Talking about laying hold. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. The Apostle Paul says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, I keep moving forward, that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. So Jesus has redeemed us. He's made us his own. He's laid hold of us. And now the Apostle Paul says, I'm pressing on. I'm not already attained it. I'm not perfect yet. I'm not there yet. But I'm pressing forward to lay hold of that which Jesus Christ laid hold of me for. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. The Apostle Paul again says, fight the good fight of faith. What's the good fight of faith? I think it's staying in faith, staying positioned in the light when stuff's coming at you throughout the day. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. What is that word, eternal life? That is Zoe life. Lay hold of Zoe life, which is like the life of God. It's got a spiritual and it's got a physical component to this Zoe life. Lay hold of this eternal life. It's the life of God. It's the essence of God. It's the vitality of God. God has given us his Zoe life. In John 10, 10, it says, Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. He came to give us Zoe life. This life of God, this vitality of God on the inside of us. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. We've got these verses that tell us to lay hold of the things that Jesus has laid hold of us for. To lay hold of eternal life. And we're asking for your help to do that. Teach us how to do this. Help us to walk this out practically.
And we think that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. God sent us his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself unto death on a cross. And God pours the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed by God. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He became a curse on the tree so that we could have the blessing, God's blessing on our life. He was destroyed by God so that we could be rebuilt and restored in our life. That God could build us into the spiritual house. All of us, like sheep, it says, had turned astray. We've all gone our own way. But God laid upon him the sins and iniquities of us all. And by his stripes we've been healed. Through his one sacrifice, he makes us right and holy and perfect in his sight. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and all that it represents. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. So Jesus was crushed by God. He was destroyed by him. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And he's raised up and seated at God's right hand. And God raises us up with him. Sits us together with him in heavenly places. After supper, Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of God's dear son. He's a great king. His blood washes us and cleanses us. Gives us this new covenant with God. This personal relationship. This blood sworn oath. That God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. He's given us this Zoe life. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. They might be his children, might be heirs. So Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right, let's talk about some fitness. Let's remember Progress comes in waves. We've got a teaching that we call points, waves, and cycles. Get the points right. Show up in your workouts. Be present. Do good sets. Focus on doing it the right way. And you get those little points right. One set at a time. One rep at a time. And it sets in motion these waves where progress comes in waves. Now, there might be times waves have a top and they have a bottom. Progress comes in waves. There's going to be some ups and downs, but as long as the trend is moving up over time. And you do those waves, you get those waves moving. And then it eventually sets in motion bigger cycles of things in our life. Points, waves, cycles. So show up, do good in your workouts today. Execute those workouts with presence. Do it together with God. Practice allowing him to do that work through you. 
And it's going to set in motion this cycle where progress comes in waves. It comes in surges. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center dot com.